Whose turn is it? <laughs> Yours. I, I suggest oh. you go first. Okay. Because, uh, well, I kind of forgot that you're doing a cult, and I'm also doing a cult, so that's Why fine. Why do we keep doing this? I don't know. Um, hi. It's, it's justifiable. What's up, my guys? It's fucking justifiable. Back at it again with the new episode. By the way, I'm the first couple announcements. I think oh. we're going to try to get these on a regular upload schedule. I think every like Wednesday or Thursday we should have a new one up. Um, we're going to try to... The binge. only exception is literally going to be next week. <laughs> yes. Um, otherwise... I'm, I'm leaving for a trip, so... Yeah. Otherwise, Wednesdays and Thursdays, we... Not like one each day, but like... Between Wednesday and Thursday, we'll have new uploads. You can go and actually have, like, a timely manner of looking up and watching new things. We're going to try to get a few good episodes in today um, of some other things as well and just get some content out to y'all since we haven't in a little while. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's been slacking. It's just life problems going on. It's been Excuse a little harder. <laughs> um, just inopportune um, times. Yeah. So. Also, before I forget, uh, Amber, do you want to tell them what the email is that they can contact us with? Yes. So the email you guys can contact us through, once again, because I said this in a previous episode, is justifiablefantalk at gmail.com. Is um, everything lowercase, everything? Um, justifiable, the J and justifiable, I want to say, is the only thing that's uppercase. Um, yeah, it's an uppercase J. Other than that, you guys... Um, send us thing like murders you want us to do. Send us you know hometown like horror stories, um, movies you guys recommend, stuff like that. If you guys want to send us um, pictures, not of yourself. If I get nudes, <laughs> I'm gonna be real <laughs> yeah, upset. I I do editing and and Amber is gonna have the email. Media, yeah, and of. she's going to like share them with me. I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, once you guys actually start emailing us, um, just corresponding letting us know um just talking to us basically we might read a few um emails out loud on like an episode just to start it off kick it off yeah so so if you don't want us to read it let us know expressly explicitly. say yeah yeah um and if it's anything personal like personal stories we're not going to tell your name uh we're not going to give out your email or anything like that uh, oh no we're going to share your email with everybody <laughs> no nah, um because we, no, we wouldn't privacy. do that yeah and you know, it's whatever. Once we get going, I think you guys might enjoy it a little bit more. But and sorry, guys, I'm a little coffee today. <laughs> it was it was Amber last time, but now it's me. <laughs> We're trading sickness. It's fine. I'm not sick today. I just have like weird a weird sinus. No, sinus. just just like a, a weird like little hitch in my throat that I've been trying to get rid of. I feel. And every time I breathe in through my mouth, I'm like, I can feel it. It's gotta <laughs> leave. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna try to get some, yeah, some stuff out yeah. to you guys because we know. love you guys and we want to be putting more we out. We talk to you guys and we want, yeah. it. you know, if you've got things that you think we should do better on or if we should include other things or we're not yeah. doing enough, doing too much, just let us know. And I, I definitely want to say, you know, thank you guys for the support. Um. It's just, it's been amazing. We didn't really expect too much to come from this, but I mean, I go and I look at where we upload our episodes. What you guys are watching. And it's just, it's amazing to know that you guys like to come back and listen and watch movies with us and 
just hear stories, so. Yeah, and sorry if you guys are ahead of us on some of our episodes, like Altered Carbon or anything like that. It's just been a hectic first couple months of the new year, and... Yeah, so we're definitely, we're gonna try and record those and get those out for you guys, uh, and the Hannibal as well, and... Yeah, and I think April, May, um, and... The months after that, I think, is where we're really going to get a lot of content out just because of some life changes. So, without further ado, we're going to start this, and this is Justifiable Episode 12, Cult. For a second, I was like, what episode is it? I know I just told you, but... <laughs> it's Episode 12, and we're doing cults today. Yep. Very accidental. We never correspond who we're actually doing with each other. Nope, but <laughs> it tends to happen this way anyway. So I'm going first this time, right? Yes, I believe I went first last time. Okay. I'm doing the Kirtland cult killings. I feel like I've heard of these people. You might have. Uh, 26 years ago, Ronald Luff, the former right-hand man of self-appointed prophet and cult leader Jeffrey Don Lundgren, assisted in the systematic execution of an entire family in Kirtland, Ohio. Fancy, fancy. He said, I saw their deaths as not only justified, but mandated by God. Justifiable. And he told the Huffington Post this mm-hmm. from inside the Allen Correctional Institution in, Al- in Lima. <laughs> he was 29 years old on April 17th, 1989. Uh, the day he chose for the execution date of his followers, Dennis Avery, 49, Dennis's wife, Cheryl, 41, and the couple's three children, Trina, 15, Rebecca, 13, and seven-year-old Karen. Karen! Uh, Lundgren told his followers that the end of days was approaching. Unbeknownst to the Averys, Lundgren had promised his other followers salvation from Armageddon if they sacrificed the Avery family. Which is funny because this just reminds me of the 2012 world outbreak because the Aztec calendar ended. Um. We're all like, we're all gonna die! And some people like me just didn't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. We've had several end of the world moments. So even though Luff was one of the ones that helped execute the Avery family, he remembers them as truly good people against whom I never desired any harm, but played a key role in the execution of each of them. Well, if he's taking it from a godly role, then he probably really didn't know, like, he probably knew them, but didn't really, like, give a shit. More so as, like, they're good people, but they, like, maybe, like, his god or whatever was, like, whispering in his ear, these people have to die because they're good people. And save you from Armageddon. Because I don't think that he would just do it to do it. Because he sounds but like But why a, not? <laughs> right. He sounds like a, a godly kind of man. Which is why he did sacrifices. <laughs> Sacrificial killings. So at 6.30 April evening, Lundgren met with Luff and several other followers inside a barn next to a farmhouse they had rented in Kirtland. Uh... Lundgren standing next to a large pit the men had dug several days earlier produced a... 45 Colt semi-automatic handgun and told the men the killings would take place one by one. He then looked at Luff, whom he had met just two years earlier in Kirtland, while working as a tour guide at the Temple of Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he said, let's do it. The first victim Luff escorted to the barn was the Avery family patriarch. The men quickly bound Dennis, Dennis Avery's hands and tossed him into the pit. This isn't necessary, Dennis cried out. Uh, and he was just kind of begging, you know, like, please, this isn't necessary, please don't kill me. I like that he says this isn't necessary, but I really assume that he has no reason why this is happening, so he doesn't know if this is necessary or not. True. 
Like, maybe, like, is he talking about the pit's not necessary? That, like, killing him isn't necessary? <laughs> this isn't necessary! So, Lundgren then shot Dennis twice in the back, killing him. Oh. So, Luff exited the barn after the shooting and returned moments later with Cheryl Avery, who was unaware of what had just happened. As they stepped inside, Luff placed his hand on Sherry's shoulder and solemnly said, Just give it up. It'll be easier this way. Just let go. Also, what I don't understand is how does she not know what's going on unless they're taking her from a separate location? Because how do you not hear a gunshot? I don't know. Cheryl Avery did not put up a struggle as the men bound her hands and lowered her into the pit next to her husband's body. She was shot three times. Overkill. The Avery children were playing video games when Luff returned to the farmhouse and retrieved Trina Avery, mentioning a game of hide-and-seek. Inside the barn, Trina was bound at the wrists and lowered into the pit next to the bodies of her parents. The first bullet police said grazed the young woman's head. The second pierced her skull, killing her instantly. Afterward, Luff escorted Becky Avery to the barn and helped place her on top of her dead mother. The girl was shot twice, once in the thigh and once in the chest. She did not die instantly, and members of the cult later told police that they listened to Becky struggle to breathe as Luff exited the barn to retrieve the youngest of the children. See, like, for me, I just feel like they don't know how to shoot a handgun. Maybe. I, I mean, feel like there's not an accurate aim, because for one, they shot the mom three times, well, and they also, grazed the girl's head. Like There are pictures here, and the pit is, like, kind of dark. So, I mean, is it really that unexpected? This is one out of 20, but it's not letting me switch to any other pictures. <laughs> so. We'll look at it in a minute. Um, I, I don't know. I still feel like like a lot of people who know how to shoot a gun can still shoot like in the dark and hit something. Whereas this person's like, let me graze you, let me actually kill you, let me like. I feel like this person's just like doesn't know how to shoot a gun. Maybe not. Seven-year-old Karen playfully Karen. climbed on Luff's back for a piggyback ride to the barn. Once inside, she was bound and lured into the now bloodstained pit. As she sat next to her old her sisters, the little girl was shot in the chest and head. After the executions, the men covered the bodies with lime and filled the hole with dirt. It had to be done, Lundgren said at the time. It was God's will. That's still pretty fucking crazy. For one, that most of them didn't struggle. Like, how do you not notice that your siblings... Like, if somebody was like, do you want to play hide-and-seek? I'd immediately turn to my siblings and be like, do you guys want to be at hide-and-seek? Yeah, true. Like, I don't understand. Maybe there were other people in the house, though, that were, like, preoccupying them. I don't know. I don't know, that's crazy for not to not hear gunshots as well as to bo- all be lo- like lured by different games. <laughs> like, y'all are just selfish. You're like, I don't want to play with you. Mm, fuck you guys. Not playing me, like, not letting me play with you. And then he comes back games. and you're like, what about the game of hide and seek you were playing with my older sibling? Right, like, and what? And they're just like, I was done with that game. I came to retrieve you. Because <laughs> all I imagine, because there's not like, she screamed, she cried, she kicked, all I imagine is like getting like a piggyback ride and then just sitting in this hole, like with, with dead bodies going, okay, now what? <laughs> like, I just imagine them <laughs> what like, do I do being now? completely fine with this. This is a weird game, guys. <laughs> Why are they playing sleepy time? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's seven. It's the quiet game. <laughs> Uh, London and his followers fled the area after the killings. Nine months later, one of the men went to the police and told them about the burial site. That guy is, if he goes to jail, he's definitely labeled a snitch and is getting raped every night. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I truly believe that. <laughs> Multiple members of the cult, including London and his wife and son, were arrested and ultimately convicted in connection with the murders. London himself was sentenced to death, a sentence that was carried out October 24th, 2006. 
Uh, for his role in the killings, which he referred to as a senseless loss of life, Luff was sentenced to life in prison. Today, at age 55, Luff claims he was so brainwashed by Lundgren that he never questions his, questioned his actions on the day of the killings. Uh, a guard once asked me what it was like to be brainwashed, Luff told HuffPost. I immediately responded, it's a lot more captivating than this place. He said it was at least more interesting. He added, shedding that mindset has afforded me a great sense of freedom, even in the captivity of incarceration. Luff said he hopes the murders hold lessons that will help prevent future tragedies. My hope and prayer is that we can grow from this type of tragedy, he said, and learn not only that cult that sorry, what cultivates such bizarre and self-destructive behavior, but ultimately how best to defuse it. Well, okay then. That- That's still, like, kind of crazy. That's the Kirtland Colt killings. That's that's kind of that's super crazy that he like says it was like being brainwashed i just well i mean a lot of people believe in that kind of thing like you know you go Mm -hmm. into a religion and you truly believe that the person that you're following you know wants the best for you and the rest of the followers yeah so even if it's like a crazy idea you say well they have our best interests at heart so what we doing like what we're doing must be good like must be okay Oh, yeah. No. It's like, it's one of those amazing questions, like, how did Hitler get so many Germans yeah. to genocide a race? It's it's just, or a religion, not a race, but it's it's just weird. It's weird, and by the way, my comment that I said earlier, I feel like I, I need to justify it. When I said he'll be labeled as a snitch and, like, raped for a long time. I only say that because I've watched several prison documentaries. Like, I feel like people are going to take this wrong because I said that. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Well, some people are like that. But I, I mean it in a joking way as well as that's usually what happens because I've watched several prison documentaries of, like, the world's toughest prisons and just people incarcerated. And they say that that's exactly what happens. Like, that's not a, a truth be told. It's not a lie, whatever. So I just felt the need to justify my comment how dare you justify yourself okay justifiable your turn all right so i'm doing charles manson and the manson family which this is gonna take me a while guys because there's a lot of information all right so his childhood he was born on november 12th 1934 to 16 year old kathleen manson bauer cavender knee maddox Oh my god. She's got like four last names. Why? Um, In the University of Cincinnati Academic Health Center in Cincinnati, Ohio, he was first named No Name Maddox. Um, Within weeks, he was called Charles uh, Miles Maddox. So he was originally born without a name, and she didn't want to give him a name for several weeks, actually. Um, They say that Charles uh, Manson's biological father appears to have been uh, colonial. Is that colonial? Colonial? I don't no. know how to say that word. Walker Henderson Scott Sr., um, against whom Kathleen Maddox filed a paternity suit, which resulted in an agreed judgment in 1937. Um, but they don't know who his uh, biological father is. Um, Scott worked intern- internmentally in local mills and also had a local reputation as a con artist. He allowed Maddox to believe he was an army colonel. I can't say Colonel. That. Colonel. Uh, although Colonel was merely his given name. When Maddox told Scott she was pregnant, he told her he had been called away on army business. After several months, he realized, she realized he had no intent of returning. Um, in August 1934, uh, before Manson's birth, Maddox n- married uh, William Eugene Manson, whose occupation was listed on Charles 
birth certificate as a laborer at a dry cleaning business. Maddox went on drinking sprees for days at a time with her brother Luther, leaving Charles with a variety of babysitters. They were divorced on uh, April 30th of 1937 when a court accepted Manson's charge of gross neglect of duty. Alright, um, on August 1st, 1939, Maddox and Luther's girlfriend, uh, Julia Vickers spent the evening drinking with Frank Martin, a new acquaintance who appeared to be wealthy. Maddox and Vickers, uh, decided to rob him, and Maddox phoned her brother for help. They were incompetent thieves and were found <laughs> and arrested within hours. They actually tried to rob this man with a ketchup bottle. Oh my god. Yeah. At the trial, seven weeks later, Luther was sentenced to ten years in prison, and Kathleen was sentenced to five years. Uh, Manson was placed in the home of an aunt and uncle in uh, McMechan, uh, West Virginia. His mother was paroled in 1942. Manson later characterized the first weeks after she returned from prison to the happiest time of his life. And he actually was reported saying the happiest memory or his best memory he had of his mom was when she got out of jail and the first time she gave him a hug, which were the same day. Whoa. So. Uh, Manson's family moved to Charleston, West Virginia, where Manson continually played uh, truant, and his mother spent her evenings drinking. She was arrested for grand larceny, but not convicted. After moving to Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, Maddox started attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings where she met an alcoholic named Lewis, no, no first name, uh, whom she married in August 1943. Uh, as well as a constant playing truant, Manson began stealing from stores and his home. In 1947, he, uh, Maddox looked for a temporary foster home for Manson, though he, she was unable to find a suitable one. She decided to send him to a boys' school in Terre Haute, Indiana, and a school for male delinquents run by Catholic priests. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Manson soon fled home to his mother, but she took him back to the school. <laughs> Great. He spent Christmas 1947 in McMechan at his aunt and uncle's house where he was caught stealing again. <laughs> oh, great. So some of his first defendants, he returned to the boys' school, but ran away to Indianapolis ten months later. Instead of returning to his mother, he rented a room and supported himself by burgling stories at night. Great. So he just became a burglar. Um, he was eventually caught, and a sympathetic judge sent him to Boys Town, a juvenile uh, facility in Omaha, Nebraska. After four days, he and a student named Blackie Nielsen stole a car and somehow obtained a gun. So, does his mom just not know where he is at this point? Yeah, his mom has no idea. Oh, okay, great. His, <laughs> his mom was not a good mom. Um, after four days, he and a student, you know, stole a car, got, uh, obtained a gun. They robbed a grocery store and a casino, and they made their way home of uh, Nielsen's uncle and... Uh, Peoria, Illinois. Uh, Nielsen's uncle was a professional thief, and when the boys arrived, he apparently took them on as apprentice apprentices. Uh, Manson was arrested two weeks later during a nighttime raid at a Peoria store. Excuse me. In the investigation that followed, he was linked to his two earlier armed robberies. He was sent to the Indiana Boys' School again, a, re a strict reform school. He later claimed that the other students raped him with the encouragement of a staff member. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. He later developed a self-defense technique he later called the insane game, where he was physically unable to defend himself. He would screech, grimace, and wave his arms to convince aggressors he was insane. 
After a number of failed attempts, he escaped with two other boys in February of 1951. <laughs> the insane so, game? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck? This is where it all went downhill, probably. I will play the insane game. <laughs> well, he was known for his creepy-ass, like, wide-eyed stare. Yeah, true, true. Uh, the three escapees were attempted to drive to California in stolen cars where they were arrested in Utah. Great. <laughs> they had robbed several fa- filling stations, which are gas stations, along the way. Driving a stolen car across state lines is a federal crime that vel- vel- violates the Dryer Act. The Dyer Act. Fuck me. <laughs> the, the Dryer Act. Uh, oh, Dryer's along this way. <laughs> you violate the Dryer Act, bitch! <laughs> Manson was sent to Washington, D.C.'s National Training School for Boys. On arrival, on arrival, he was given an aptitude test. He was illiterate, and his IQ was 109. The average, the national average was 100. So he was really smart, smarter than the average, but he couldn't read. He's illiterate. His caseworker deemed him aggressively antisocial. Aggressively <laughs> antisocial. Wow. Uh, so his first imprisonment. On a psychiatric's recommendation, he was transferred in October 1951 to National Bridge Honor Camp, a minimum security institution. Okay, he's escaped like 17 institutions and you sent him to a minimum security institution. What the fuck? <laughs> His aunt visited him and told him, and or told administrators, he would she would let him stay at her house and would help him find work. He had a parole hearing scheduled for February of 1952. However, in January, he was caught raping a boy at knife point. Oh, he was transferred to a federal reformer reformatory in Petersburg, Virginia. There, he I just want to imagine that once they showed up, he just stopped and played the insane game. <laughs> oh God. Once he was there, he committed a further eight serious disciplinary offenses, three involving homosexual acts. He was just going around raping people. He was then moved to a maximum security reformatory at Chillicothe, Ohio. Ohio. In Ohio. Ohio. At the Chili's in Ohio. (laughs) Where he was expected to remain until his release on his 21st birthday in November of 1955. Good behavior led to an early release in May of 1954 to move in with his aunt and uncle. Obviously, that's not working. Why send him back? Like, I don't understand. You've been good so far. Let's just forget the amount of people that you've raped and the amount of places that you've robbed and just let you go. So, Federal Correctional Institute Terminal Island, May 2nd of 1956. All right. There was supposed to be a photo there. I didn't put there, I guess. In January of 1955, Manson married a hospital waitress named Rosalie Jean Willis. Around October, after three months, uh, after he and his pregnant wife arrived in Los Angeles in a car he had stolen in Ohio, Manson was again charged with the federal crime crime of taking the vehicle across state lines. He needs to stop doing that. (laughs) Getting him caught. After a psychiatric evaluation, he was given five years probation. Manson's failure to appear at the Los Angeles hearing on the identical charge filed in Florida resulted in his March 1956 arrest in Indianapolis. His probation was revoked. He was sentenced to three years imprisonment at Terminal Island, San Pedro, California. Wow, great. <laughs> like, he's obviously getting caught for the same shit over and over. Why? Walk on foot, man. Stop taking cars. <laughs> right. While Manson was in prison, Rosalie gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr., during his first year at Terminal Island. He received visits from Rosalie and his mother, who were now living together in Los Angeles. In March of 1957, when the visits from his wife ceased, his mother informed him Rosalie was living with another man. Less than two weeks before a scheduled parole he- hearing, Manson tried to escape by stealing a car. He was given five years probation as his parole was denied. Ha! He's in a prison and he somehow almost so, managed to steal so a car. Him and stealing cars have a rough life. 
Also, I would be so pissed. I mean, he's a horrible human being. But if I knock someone up and they have my child, who is also my has my name, and you're living with another man, I'd be upset. <laughs> be real upset. Charles Jr., go clean the dishes. <laughs> Who's Charles again? Oh, my husband. Don't worry about it. No, don't worry about it. Because they haven't divorced either. Yeah. So his second imprisonment, he received five years parole in September of 1958, the same year in which Rosalie received a decree of divorce. There you go. In November, he was pimping a 16-year-old girl and was receiving additional support from a girl with wealthy parents. Remind you, he's still in jail. <laughs> in September of 1959, he, ple- he pled guilty to a charge of attempting to cash a forged U.S. Treasury check, which he claimed to have stolen from a mailbox. A latter charge was later dropped. He received a 10-year suspended sentence and probation after a young woman named Leona, who was arrested record, uh, who has an arrest record for prostitution, made a tearful plea before the court that she and Manson were deeply in love and would marry if Charlie were freed. Though you can marry in prison, so that doesn't work. Before the year's end, the woman did marry Manson, possibly so she could not be requested to testify against him. Required. Yep. Not requested. Required. Required. Whatever. Uh, Manson took Leona and another woman to New Mexico for purposes of prostitution. Oh, great. Resulted in him being held in question for violating the Mann Act. Which is funny, because his name is Manson. <laughs> Though he was released, Manson correctly suspected that the investigation had not ended. When he disappeared in violation of his probation, a bench warrant was issued. An indi- indictment for violation of the Mann Act followed in April of 1960. Um, when one of the women was arrested for prostitution, man was arrested in June in Laredo, Texas, Texas. and was l- returned to Los Angeles for violation of his probation on the check cashing charge. He was ordered to serve his ten-year sentence. <sighs> God, so much stuff, right? If you're ever having to write about Charles Manson, just listen to this. <laughs> Uh, Manson spent a year trying unsuccessfully to appeal the re- uh, revocation of his probation. In July of 1961, he was transferred from the Los Angeles County Jail to the United States Penitentiary. Can't say that word, apparently. Penitentiary. Uh, that. At McNeil Island, Washington, where he took guitar lessons from Barker Carpus gang leader Alvin Creepy Carpus. Oh, great. <laughs> In con- Maintained a contact name of someone oh at God. Universal Studios in Hollywood from another inmate. He obtained inmate. a contact name of someone at Universal St- Studios. What did I say? I don't know, but it wasn't that. <laughs> I tried. Um, Phil Kaufman, according to Jeff Gwynn's 2013 biography of Manson, his mother moved to Washington State to be closer to him during his McNeil Island incarceration, working nearby as a waitress. Oh, great. <sighs> My jaw hurts. <laughs> I can read it for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although the Mann Act charge had been dropped, the attempt to cash the treasury check was still a federal offense. Uh, September 1961 annual review noted that he had a tremendous drive to call attention to himself. An observation echoed in September of 1964. Uh, in 1963, Leona was granted a divorce. Le- or during the process, she allegedly that she and Manson had a son, Charles Luther. He's got like two kids now. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to popular urban legend, Manson audited, auditioned, auditioned. I thought it said audit. Auditioned. For the monkeys? That's a band. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, in late 1965. This Good thing he ref- didn't make it. This is refuted by the fact that Manson was still incarcerated. So he probably would have made it if he wasn't in jail. Uh, in June of 1966, Manson was sent for a second time to the Terminal Island in preparation for early release. Oh, great. Wonderful. Because this is clearly a good idea. Right. 
By the time of his release day on March 21st, 1967, he was spent more than half of his 32 years in prisons and other, other institutions. Hmm. This is mainly because he had broken federal laws. Federal sentences were, and remain, much more severe than state sentences for Side many note, of the same Side note, my dog is digging and it makes me really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I see because him. he's going to be muddy as fuck when he comes in. And your dad gives zero shits. Well, my dad's asleep, so. No, he's not. I can see his foot bouncing. Oh, well, then his eyes are closed, and he, yeah, doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Ranger, stop! <laughs> I can see the dirt spraying everywhere. He's sticking his nose in it. He's dumb. That's why he always has a brown nose. I hate my dog. <laughs> I can smell the Eminem on your breath. <laughs> ah! <laughs> In 1968 to 1971, this is the cult formation, murders, and trial. God damn it, dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's working real hard on it, too. <laughs> the whole, he's like, he's his whole head fits in there. What the fuck, Ranger? <laughs> Do you want to go yell at him real fast? I might, yeah. <laughs> God. Uh. Ranger, stop digging. No, you cannot come in. <laughs> No, the answer is no ranger. This no is why ranger. when you go into my yard, you just like step in holes or shit. That's all that happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ranger, all right. the mascot of Justifiable. <laughs> Basically. The shitty digging dog. So once he was discharged from prison, Manson began attacking a group of followers, mostly young women from around California. Stop telling me to be quiet. No, you just need to slow down. Oh, you're doing this, and I'm like, no. I'm like, slow down, because you're just like, <laughs> and you just need to be, you know, talking like a regular person. It's hard. It's hard to be normal. Um, but they were later dubbed the Manson family. The group was involved in the murder of Gary Hinman. I can't say your name. Uh, in July of 1969, then gained national notoriety after the murder of actress Sharon Tate and four others in her home on August 8th and 9th of 1969, and they executed the Tate-LaBianca murders acting under Manson-specific instructions. Uh, family murders, family members, were also responsible for other assaults, thefts, crimes, and the attempted assassination of the United States President Gerald Ford in Sacramento by Lynette Squeaky from from A. Oh, great. Right. I love that it's Squeaky. <laughs> Her name was Squeaky. Um, so his third imprisonment, he was admitted to prison state from Los Angeles County on April 22nd, 1971, for seven counts of first-degree murder and the one count of conspiracy to commit murder for the deaths of Abigail Ann Folger. Fuck that name. It's Wojciech Frykowski. <laughs> Sorry, whoever you are. Uh, Stephen Earl Parent, Cheryl Tate Polanski. Sharon, not Cheryl. Fuck you, Cheryl. Sharon. Uh, <laughs> Sharon Tate Polanski. Jay Sebring. And, and Lino and Rosemary, Rosemary LaBianca. That. He was sentenced to death. When the death penalty was ruled unconstitutional in 1972, he was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole. Why? Why would you give him that? If you were going to kill him, why give him the possibility of, of parole? parole? 
his original death sentence was modified to life on February 2nd of 1977. My, mo- my mom was born a couple months later. Oh, great. Whoa, whoa. Uh, on December 13th of 1971, Manson was convicted of first-degree murder in Los Angeles County Court for the July 25th, 1969 death of the, mu- the mu- musician <laughs> Gary, Gary Hinman. God, I can't speak. He was also convicted of first-degree murder. murder. From the August 1969 death of Donald Jerome Shorty Shea. A footnote to the conclusion of the California versus Anderson. The 1972 decision that neutralized California's death sentences stated that any prisoner now under a sentence of death may file a pension. A petition. Petition. For writ of... Fuck that. Habeas uh, corpus. Habeas corpus. In the Superior Court living that court... Inviting <laughs> oh my God. to modify its judgment to provide the po- appropriate alternative punishment of life imprisonment or life imprisonment without possibility of parole, specified by statute for the crime for which he was sentenced to death. <sighs> <laughs> this made him eligible to apply for parole after seven years incarceration. Accordingly, his first parole hearing took place on November 16th of 1978 at California Medical Facility in Vacaville, and his petition was rejected. You should skip this part. I'm going to. And that part. Ow. <laughs> uh, on January 1st of 2017, he <gasps> suffered that from gastro... That was last year! That was two years ago. Oh, yeah, because it's... <laughs> I still <laughs> think... Last I, year! I still think it's 2018. It's 2019. Get with it. Uh, he no. suffered from gastrointestinal bleeding at California State Prison in Corcoran. Corcoran. <laughs> Corcoran. Corcoran. When he was rushed to Mercy Hospital in downtown Bakersfield. Why? Just let him die. Ble- <laughs> Just let him time. bleed to death in his Brenda, cell. Brenda. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> fear. So much fear. Well, Los Angeles Times that Manson was seriously ill. And TMZ reported his doctors considering him too weak for surgery. They just didn't want to fucking operate on a killer. Well, I mean, that makes sense. He was returned to prison by January 6th. He's really 6th. good at escaping, so. <laughs> Whatever treatment he had received was not disclosed. On November 15th of 2017, a source not authorized to speak on behalf of the corrections department confirmed that Manson had returned to the hospital in Bakersfield. In compliance with federal and state medical privacy laws, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation did not confirm this. He died from cardiac arrest resulting from respiratory failure and colon cancer at the hospital four days later on November 19th. Great. So he had cancer, a heart attack, as well as respiratory failure. I think someone killed him. bowel bleeding. Right. He's just shitting from all sides, okay? (laughs) He's fucked. Uh, three people stated their intentions to claim his estate and body. Uh, his grandson, Jason Freeman, stated his intent to take possessions of Manson's remains and personal effects. Uh, Michael Channels, a pen pal of Manson, has a will dated February 14th of 2002 that leaves Mason's entire estate plus his body to him. That's weird. Right. He uh, wrote a will that said, this person's body is mine. A <laughs> uh, friend of Manson's, Ben Guericke, fuck your last name, Ben, has a will dated January 2017. It gives the estate Manson's body to his alleged son, Matthew Roberts. Why does everybody want Manson's body? And why does everybody write their own wills with which to take it? I think it's Manson's will. I don't think that's the case. Why would he leave his body? If he, if you write a will, you have to have a person with you to 
attest to that will. Therefore, yeah. they would have said you cannot leave your body and possessions to two separate families. Could have been different lawyers who didn't know. That but they happens. but they would have the record of him already having a will. Depends on who you go through. No, because they would attempt. He's in a fucking prison. He would. They would go through his records well, and go also, to make it. These and are also fifteen years apart. Oh well, okay, maybe then. Uh, it gives the estate and man's body. After his death, he died in November. Fifteen, yeah, but fifteen years apart after his death. No, he died in twenty seventeen in November. One is from February of two thousand two. Okay. And one is of January two thousand seventeen. Okay, so the newest one would be what would be put into effect. Yes. Um, if it was done correctly. Uh, in 2012, CNN News ran a DNA match to see if Freeman and Roberts were related to each other and found they were not. Matches between Roberts and Manson were attempted, but the results were reportedly contaminated. In March 12th of 2018, the Kern County Superior Court in California decided in favor of Freeman in regard to Manson's body, which is the guy who had the 2002 will, which is a pen pal. Or, no, his grandson, sorry. Um, Freeman, in regards to Manson's body, Freeman had previously said he would have Manson cremated, and in fact did so on March 20th of 2018. Um, this is just kind of his personal uh, life. So his religion, he stated his religion was Scientology, and I identified as a Scientologist after studying the religion while incarcerated. He completed 150 hours of auditing before declaring Scientology too crazy. <laughs> too crazy for Manson. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> We found it. We found it, folks. The craziest shit on earth. Too crazy for Manson is Scientology. I wouldn't do this part. Uh, I'm not. This is just like who his children could be. Um, psychology. Da da da. He just has uh, a history of controlling behavior, mental health issues. Um, he had schizophrenia, paranoia, paranoid delusional disorder. Um. Trying to get to the good parts here. Yeah, he basically was just a paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> um, cultural impact. Not too worried about it. He had a lot of things like music and documentaries. Uh, done. He did his own music. Some documentaries would be... Uh, Charles Manson Superstar, Life After Manson, Murder Made Me Famous, Charles Manson, What Happened, uh, Inside the Manson Cult, blah, blah, blah. Um, these are some people that were in the Manson family, which of course was Charles Manson, the leader of the Manson family. Um, there was Charles Text Watson, Bobby Busoli, Busoli, fuck your last name, Mary <laughs> Bruner, uh, Susan Atkins, hey, there was a teacher at- Yes, I know, shush. Uh, I totally thought that said Linda Kardashian. I was like, what? It's Kasabian. <laughs> Kasabian, uh, yeah. Uh, Patricia Krenwinkel. I like that name. Uh, Bernard Crow, Leslie Van Houten, uh, Steve Grogan, Barbara Hoyt, uh, Gary Hinman. He was friends of the Manson family and a victim. Sharon Tate uh, was a victim. Uh Abigail Folger was a heiress to Folger Coffee Fortune, murder victim. An heiress. <laughs> Fuck you for. <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, no, I like I they, they wouldn't understand what it is if you just say heiress. She was an heiress. It's, 
My brain doesn't work this way. Whatever. Um, just a whole bunch of people <clears throat> that, well, it's mostly murder victims, people related to the victims, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's go into the actual murders now, guys. Oh my god, I feel like we should have started here. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sorry, I have to give you guys backgrounds and shit. That's who I am. Uh, so with the Hinman murder, uh, by the way, if you go to like 4050, minute 4050 is when this is going to start, basically. The and murders. you're saying it at 4050, so <laughs> yeah. therefore they'll be here already. <laughs> uh, so Charles Tex Watson scammed Bernard Crow to obtain money from Hinson. <laughs> I just can't believe <laughs> You should have said that earlier. That's something that it has to edit. be edited in. Okay, no, I you was... are giving me way too much work with that if you think I can edit that in, because I can't. Honestly, all you have to do is cut that part and put nope. it at the beginning. Nope. Uh, but he scammed Bernard Crow to obtain money for Manson. Crow threatened Manson and the Manson family. Soon after, Manson shot Crow under the false pretense that Crow was a part of the Black Panthers, an African American leftist organization. Uh, however, Crow did not die, and Manson feared retaliation from Crow. In order to escape and move into a new territory away from the Spawn Ranch, the Manson family compound, Manson needed money. In the midst of Manson's escape plan, he was told that his friend Gary Hinman was coming into some money from an inheritance. In an effort to retrieve money from him, and he ordered, fuck, where did that go? <laughs> <laughs> he ordered, fuck. <laughs> okay. I think I found it. <laughs> oh. Computer troubles. He ordered Bobby Busolil along with Mary Bruner and Susan Atkins to go to Hinman's residence and persuade him to turn over the money. He was uncooperative. After being held hostage for days, Manson came over with a sword and slashed his left ear. Oh, cool. Uh, ultimately, Busoli murdered Hindman. Hinman. Whatever your last name is. H-Man. <laughs> <laughs> by stabbing him twice in the chest. Oh. Uh, his blood was used to smear political piggy on the wall along the Black Panther's paw to indicate the Black Panther Party. <laughs> they totally tried to sabotage another group and it didn't. I was going to correct you, but I'll leave you be. What did I say? It's implicate, not indicate. <laughs> Leave me and my low-functioning adult self alone. <laughs> no. I shan't. Oh. My dog is looking serenely into the foliage at the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, because you can't see through it, so... He's just kind of staring into the bushes. <laughs> Although there is speculation regarding the circumstances surrounding Heinemann's murder, uh, Busol, whatever the last name, however you say it, was arrested when he was found sleeping in Heinemann's vehicle, wearing the bloody clothes worn during the stabbing, and with the murder weapon concealed in the trunk tire. Oh, great. I like that he's like, let me now sleep in your car, I'm tired from stabbing you. <laughs> <laughs> no one will find me here. Two stab wounds. Uh, so this is the Tate murder of the actress Sharon Tate. Uh, in a semi-isolated location in the canyons of Beverly Hills on Celio Drive, actress Sharon Tate and director Roman Polanski were leasing a home together. I totally read kissing, but that's like nowhere near the right yeah. word. On August 9th of 1969, a pregnant Tate was enjoying the company of her friends in the absence of her lover and father of her unborn child, Polanski. While spending the night with Tate uh, were Abigail Folger, Luigi Frasky, and Jay Sabring. I fucking hate that guy's name. You should say Frakowski. 
Wichichichi. In the late hours of that night, Tate's neighbors claimed to have heard suspected gunshots, but did not alert the authorities. Why? If you think there is a gunshot, you better call someone. Why? Why? What the fuck? I think there's gunshots. Let's just leave it be. Someone else will take care of it. There were also reports of a man screaming coming from the Tate residence. Why? Why? Why would you not call the police if there's gunshots and screaming? We heard what sounded like a murder last night, but we didn't do anything about it. Later in the night, a private security guard hired by property owners also heard gunshots coming from the what Tate the residence fuck? and proceeded to notify the Los Angeles oh, okay. Police Department, LAPD. Huh. Sorry, I'm stalking my dog outside. <laughs> the following morning at 8 a.m., the housekeeper, Winifred Chapman, came to the residence and discovered the brutally murdered bodies. Oh, cool. <laughs> Wonderful. According to the book Helter Skelter, the true story of the Manson murders by Vincent... Van Gogh? <laughs> Buglosti. Who was the lead prosecutor of the case and court gentry... It's Bugliosi. gentry... I don't care. <laughs> Charles Manson directed uh, <laughs> Charles Watson, Susan Atkins, Linda... Kasabian and Patricia Krenwinkel <laughs> to enter the Tate residence, <laughs> formerly the Melcher residence, <laughs> to rejected Manson's music compilation and to destroy every everyone in it as gruesome as you can. Um, so oh, they right. all climbed up the bushy platform. So basically, he was like, "Kill them, kill them real bad." Also, for the Tate murder, they also they carved out her baby, which uh-huh. is really gruesome as fuck. You and your unvoid child. And they, like, call, they wrote, like, slut and that kind of thing, like, carved it into her body. Well, I was just getting there. Thank you very much. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you, too. <sighs> I'm sorry. They climbed up a brushy platform to gain entrance into the property. While they were trespassing, Stephen Parent, a visitor of the residence caretaker, William Gerritsen, was leaving the property in his vehicle. They stopped Watts. They stopped Parent, swung a knife at him, and then shot him four times in the chest and abdomen. I truly Great. believe none of these people know how to wield a gun. <laughs> there is called headshot execution style that works just fine. God damn it. So, Watson entered the residence by cutting the screen of a window and opened the front door for Atkins and Krenwinkel. Uh, Kasabian uh, was at the end of the driveway to keep watch. Watson and the group entered the residence and found Tate, Folger, Frykowski, and Sebring. Tate and Sebring were tied together by their necks, and Folger was taken into a nearby bedroom. Ouch. Sebring was shot and stabbed seven times. Frykowski was bound by a towel, but managed to free himself. After doing so, he became invo- involved in a physical altercation with Atkins, resulting in her stabbing him in the legs. Oh. Frykowski managed uh, to flee, but... Watson struck him with the gun multiple times over the head, shot and stabbed him multiple times. She overkilled him. The gun grip broke off as a result of Watson striking Frykowski over the head. She literally broke the gun. <laughs> Gross. Okay, pause. Gonna wait for me, for me to finish with my Eminem mouth. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I choose not to. Oh. <laughs> My dog's attacking the door. He wants in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, so Folger fled the room she was taken to, and then Chate was chased by Krenwinkel. <laughs> Folger was stabbed by Krenwinkel, and eventually stabbed by Watson as well. Krenwinkel's a, a really funny name. She was total. <laughs> she was total to stab twenty times. Twenty-eight. <laughs> Sorry. By both of them. Meanwhile, Frykowski was struggling across the lawn when Watson came to stab him again. 
Great. Or another time. Just wa- happened to walk by. 51 times. <laughs> Just happened to walk by and was like, oh, hey, yeah, pincushion. Pincushion. He was stabbed 51 times. Like, how angry do you have to be to stab someone 51 times? Not angry at all. You just have to be crazy and in a cult. (laughs) Tate, witnessing the horrific crimes, pled with Atkins for mercy, but was rejected. Oh, great. Tate was stabbed a total of 16 times, and basically, as you said earlier, they carved the child out of her body. Boom, boom. I love that it says, Tate's unborn child did not survive the incident. Of fucking course it didn't. (laughs) No. Excuse me as I feed off of my dead mother. It's not how that works. Not how body reproduction system works. The La Bianca murder. God, why do you guys have to murder so, not even so many people. Why do you just have to have an extensive background? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you didn't even have to go over that, but you did. (laughs) On August 10th of 1969, the night after Tate, the Tate murder, Manson and six of the Manson family members, Leslie, Steve, Susan, <laughs> Linda, Patricia, and Charles, uh, committed another murder. Unlike the Tate murder, Manson joined in on the LaBianca murder because he felt that there was not enough panic among the victims from the Tate murder. Oh. There's not enough panic to being stabbed 51 times. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> like, What? Manson and the family members drove oh around God. looking for prospective murder victims after they arrived in the neighborhood of a home, which they <laughs> She's attacking they had me. attended a party a year prior. <laughs> the neighboring home belonged to a successful grocery company owner, Leno Babianca, and his wife Rosemary. There are the several differing accounts from Manson and six Manson family members, so the exact happenings of the murder were not certain. <laughs> they were all like, I didn't do it. No, they did it. Manson claims that he approached the home alone and returned later to bring Watson along. When Manson and Watson were in the residence, they tied up the LaBianca couple with a lamp cord with pillowcases covering their heads. He reassured the couple that they would not... God damn it, Miranda. <laughs> punch you in the ear. Oh, what? <laughs> they were not being hurt. that they were being robbed. All the cash was collected and the bonded... And the bound Rosemary was returned to her room. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Soon after Van Hooten and Krenwinkel... Wait, what? Van Hooten... <laughs> oh, okay. And Krenwinkel entered the premises with the instructions for Manson to kill the couple. He left the residence and instructed Van Hooten and Krenwinkel to follow Watson's orders. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna choke you with a straw. I hope you know this. That's what you're gonna sound like. <laughs> no! Yes. Watson began stabbing Leno multiple times when he cried out to stop stabbing him. <laughs> stop stabbing! Stop stabbing me! <laughs> Afterwards, in the bedroom, Rosemary began to swing the lamp, but still attached to the cord wrapped around her neck. (laughs) That's all I imagine. It's, like, still wrapped around her neck. She's like, fuck it, I'll die this way. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Van Hooten and Krenwinkle yelled for Watson's aid and stabbed Rosemary multiple times. They gave the knife to Van Hooten, and she continued to stab Rosemary. She was stabbed a total of 41 times by Watson, Van Hooten, and Krenwinkle. Watson returned to the living room and continued to stab and kill Leno. Krenwinkle carved the word war into Leno's stomach, stabbed Leno multiple times, left a carving fork sticking from his stomach, and left a knife in his throat. He was stabbed 26 times. (laughs) On the walls of the living room, death to pigs and arise. 
<laughs> were written in Leno's blood. On the refrigerator door, a misspelled Helter Skelter was smeared. So they basically misspelled their own book. Wow. Uh, Frank Struthers, Rosemary's son from a prior marriage, returned from a campaign trip and found it suspicious that the shades were drawn. He also found it suspicious that Leno's speedboat was still parked in the driveway. Because some people, I guess, go boating every day? I don't understand. <laughs> Struthers called the sister to alert her, and she came with her boyfriend, Joe oh. Drogan. Drogan and Struthers entered the home through the side door and found Leno's body. L- LAPD were alerted. Thank God. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's a whole bunch of investigation stuff that it's going to take forever to read, and I don't really want to. Um... The motive, I guess, is that there was the philosophy of the upcoming apocalypse was the true motive behind the killings. He told his family that Helter Skelter was coming. According to Manson, Helter Skelter was the uprising of a racial war between blackies and whiteies. He would gain from the racial war by hiding himself and his family in a cave located in Death Valley until the war ended. Quote-unquote war. He would facilitate this war by killing whiteies and implicating the African-American community with various acts such as disposing of the victims' wallets in a highly populated... (laughs) area with african-american residents um but then they would also implicate themselves with putting helter skelter on the walls so right um kasabian in exchange for immunity immunity testified against them atkins originally agreed to testify but retracted her statement um, Manson was permitted by the court to act on as, as his own attorney however after several violations of conduct permission uh to re- represent himself was withdrawn. As a result, he carved an X on his forehead in ob- objection to the withdrawn permission, which he later turned into the Nazi symbol. Great. <laughs> right, it's wonderful. Wonderful. I'm not going to tell you about just the latest stuff, really, because there's nothing new. I mean, he died in 2017. He almost got married in 2014. Um... I'm gonna do some random facts from some websites that I already have pulled up, because why the fuck not? Maybe because this is 54 minutes long? <laughs> hey man, we've been working on it. One of his lawyers had disappeared at some point. I think they killed him, actually. Uh, the Beach Boys have a song written by Manson. Which is... Cease to Exist by um manson family shaved their heads during trial which they're all females so okay cool um they had to follow special rules uh things like books watches calendars and clocks were banned um he would give them hallucinogenic drugs forcing them to get so addicted and dependent on them they would literally do whatever manson said just to get the drugs uh, he'd also instruct the family members to partake in group acts with each other while he watched. Oh. Uh, these rules seemed to be strange, but for a manipulation mastermind like Manson, it was easy to do. Uh, he has many children, apparently. He has got, like, I think three? Yeah, he has three sons. Jay Wyatt, Charles Luther Manson, and Valentine Michael Bruner. Um. One of them killed themselves in the 1990s. I don't know which one. He was a Scientologist. The family are diehard Beatle fans. Aw, sad day. Sad day for the Beatle fans. Do some trivia. Why the fuck not? Get out. 
notifications, then I don't give a shit. I don't know, I'm just gonna say that that's really all I'm gonna say about that. That he just kinda had a really shitty life, he killed a bunch of people for religious reasons, and he was just like this crazy guy who had a really weird stare. He'd just stare at people like, Get away from Disappointment! Me. Get away from me! Leave that in there. No, I won't. <laughs> I'm the one that edited these. <laughs> I will steam you. I will kick you in the vajay. <laughs> and I'll pinch you in the boob. Bite me. No, don't. I haven't done anything to you yet. I haven't done anything to you yet. The yet is there. <laughs> no. I'm going to lick Guys, my hand and touch your help face. Help me. I'm going to lick your hand. Ah! No. Do not. I'll, <laughs> I'll hurt you. Don't. <laughs> okay, we're done. Bye.